Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the MVM Show. Excited to bring to you today another episode of Lessons Learned from a Rookie Duck Dog Trainer. Yours truly, Titus Headings from Mid-Valley Mercenaries. Guys, I enjoyed the last one doing it with you guys and talking and answering some questions, but really not answering questions because I don't claim to be some profound trainer or uh, mediocre trainer. <laughs> but I will tell you I've went through an experience and I'm still learning today how to train a duck dog and I have learned so much from it. And I guarantee you over the next mm, eight to nine years, I'm going to learn so much more working with Rocky. Have you guys seen him in our videos on our YouTube channel? Um, it's it's incredible to watch him. At the beginning of the season, uh, the first episode or video of the season, um, man, what was the name of that? Let me think about that for a second. It was uh, What Most People Don't Show You Duck Hunting or something like that. Anyways, um, you could see it was his first time out. He was 11-month-old pup i'll say the word pup and um it was a good learning experience i basically put the gun down which is what you should do if you have a new dog out there for at least a few hunts two three hunts maybe even more and make sure your dog's steady and put a short leash you know like a 12 inch or 18 inch short leash that way you can hold them make sure he's steady anyways i'm getting kind of ahead of myself anyways Basically, that's what I did with Rocky, and then by the end of the season, you can go look at the end of the playlist on the 18-19 season, and you can see unbelievable, I mean, marking, finding birds um, that he never seen fall, getting in the toolies, and the toolies that are seven, eight feet tall, and getting in there, finding birds that we gave up on, so using his nose. So anyways, but those lessons learned, um, I'm hoping to be able to help you with them. Um and like I said, I'm not claiming to be a pro or anything like that at all. But I do want to share with you guys um, the things that I learned and I would not want you guys to make the same mistakes. And to include 
the countless, countless, um, I would, I guess you would say messages I get. People know that I'm not a professional trainer, but they know they've seen the results through the video. So anyways, let's get started. First off, before we do get started, I did want to say a big thank you to you Canuba sport dog, you Canuba dog food for partnering with us. And, um, it's great. Rocky's on you Canuba. I love it. It's a sport dog, um, or sport blend, whatever you want to call it, 3020 that they sell. It's incredible. It's got chondroitin in it, and it's got glucosamine, which is a lot of them don't. That's good for their joints, bones, all that good stuff. Um, Chris Aiken suggests it, so if my expertise is not enough, then listen to Chris Aiken. You guys know he's legit, and he knows what he's talking about, and he's going to be on here on the podcast very soon, hopefully within the next couple episodes. So stay tuned for that. We've already had him on here once. If you haven't heard that one, go ahead and go to episode. I think it is number four. So anyways, let's let's get started on this. So lessons learned from a rookie duck dog trainer. The first one I want to jump into, and this isn't necessarily a duck dog training, but this does refer to training your dog. So whether it's a duck dog or it's a a pheasant dog, whether it's a house pet, whatever it is, this is this is going to help you out um, a lot on that. And that is, what do you do when a dog is jumping on you? I cannot stand when a dog jumps on me. Um, when they jump up on my, my legs or they jump up and put their paws on your chest or they run up to strangers. I cannot stand when my dog or any dog goes and jumps on people. That's super annoying, very frustrating. It's rude to other people and it's it's just not, I don't know, it's just not good um, tact and it's rude. So how do you do that? Well, <laughs> you're going to do this. I hope somebody let me know Email me at midvalleymercenaries at gmail.com and let me know how good this worked because it's going to work. 100%, I guarantee you, if your pup is jumping on you and you basically need to start it with yourself first, you take your knee and you bump him in the chest. You don't say no, though. This is what's going to throw you guys off. You don't, you, when they jump up on you, their knee or their chest and rib cage is basically right in front of you. Put your knee into it pretty hard and going to put him back and then you're going to say here here come on like pat your chest like wanting them to jump on you again and if they do which they might not but if they do do it again boom so you're giving it's a positive negative if that makes sense it's positive like oh come here yeah bud jump up on me and then the negative is boom it's hitting them in the chest and this dog is like wait a minute that's not fun like, I thought it was fun to jump on somebody, but every time I do, I get this weird sensation in my rib cage. So if you do that, guys, I promise you that will stop it within one or two times just like that. Now, the key is, he'll. I guarantee you, your dog, you can beg him to jump on you. They will not jump on you if you do that a few times. The issue is now they're wanting to do it to other people. If they do do that to other people, you're going to have to tell them, hey, if he does jump on you, put your knee into their chest very firmly. And before long, any stranger, anybody, anyone, they will not do it anymore. Because here's the thing. If you got a 100-pound lab or an 80-pound lab, and you got a little kid, and they jump up, 
on them. They're going to knock them over. Someone's going to get hurt. You may get in trouble. So that's a big tip, guys. That is a lesson learned. Um, lesson I learned, I don't know, probably when Rocky was like five or six months old. And it has definitely been a good thing. Old um, Stud Muffin McGee has been kind of acting goofy lately and done that once or twice in the last month. I don't know what in the world he's thinking, but pulled the old knee out of the handbag and gave him the old one too, and he hasn't been doing it no more, so that's good. So anyways, that's a good one. that help you guys. Okay, now to the specific duck dog training issue is no tug of war, guys. I don't I, I I don't know what it is. Um well how should I say that? Because I don't want to sound like I'm a know it all. But I will tell you this that is the worst thing you can do with your duck dog when they're a pup is play tug of war with them. Because to them it's like, oh man, if I man, we're fighting, we're fighting, you're getting them all worked up. And if he gets it, what do you think he's gonna do? He's gonna run off with it. He's going to want to go hide. He's going to want to keep it from you. You're going to end up chasing him around. And that's okay when they're seven, eight weeks old. And I'm, I'm, I'm saying it's not okay, but you're thinking, oh, I can catch him and get it back. What are you going to do when that dog's four or five months old and he's faster than you and you can't catch him? Very frustrating, especially when you're trying to train him to do these certain things. And you're frustrated because when he goes and retrieves it, he ain't going to come to you. He's going to bolt off into Timbuktu. So, my big advice for you, train a duck dog, don't even from day one that you get that dog, do not play tug of war with your duck dog or you are going to pay for it later. So that's that's a big tip. I know another thing to kind of roll straight from that into another issue that goes hand in hand with each other, and that is, I hate to say this, I hate to sound like the bad guy, but you really got to limit and watch what your kids are doing. If you have kids, what your kids are doing with your duck dog. And the reason being, and when I say duck dog, I'm I'm even talking about a pup. So, for instance, your kid's playing tug of war. They get a rope in their mouth and they're, uh, you know, getting them worked up. And, you know, it's funny, Rocky, to this day, if he grabs something, the girl's, Cannot catch them, right? They're running around the tree, and they're chasing them, and they can literally not get anything. If he takes it from them, game over. They'll, they'll chase them all around the hour, yard for an hour and never can get it from them. But as soon as I say, here, Rocky comes right to me, sits, and hands it to me, right? Because I'm the alpha male in his eyes. But if you're starting that out and letting your kids do a lot of things like that and we say, oh, they know who the alpha male is. It's not that big of a deal. It can be. It just it just makes your job a lot harder. I'm not saying your kids can't play with your duck dog when they're a pup. You obviously want to socialize them. Let them have fun. Let them play. But you just got to be careful of the things that they are doing. Maybe it's certain things like tug of war and stuff like that. It's like, no, don't do that. Or throwing them bumpers and stuff like that. They can help you. I think it's a great opportunity to have. They, the girls have helped me go out. And Violet's actually sitting in here. With me right now with headphones on listening. She might not she might not say anything. Do you wanna say say hi to everybody, but Violet? Say hi. Go ahead. Hi. Say it right. Okay. Hi. There you go. All right. She's she's acting bashful. So anyway, she's sitting in here listening with the headphones on. Get the kids involved. But anyways, um 
I've used Violet and Vivian, my two girls, seven, seven and ten years old, and they, um, they've thrown marks for me. They get way out there, you know, 100, 150 yards out there in a big open field and swung a bumper around and throwing that out. He's marked it and went for it. So you can get the kids involved for sure. Definitely not against having kids involved. It's In fact, it's the best thing you could do is to get the kids out there. But like I said, you just got to watch what you're doing. <clears throat> All right. So the next thing I want to jump into is I, I put force fetch. Um, well, let, let me go into this first. Um, if you're listening, Gonzo7271, that's his Instagram handle. I believe he works real, if it's the right one I'm thinking of, he actually works over close to where I I fly. And um, he sees me flying every once in a while, and he's got a dog. And it, what he was saying was his issue was his, his pup never wants to run straight back. Now, I may get this question off, top, off base of what he's really asking, but one of the things that you can help do that, and I've heard this from other people, they call it a banana. Basically, they kind of run that. And I don't know if he was referring, if it's not a perfectly straight line, you might have to message me, man, and, and confirm to me if that's what you meant. Maybe you meant something else. Or maybe you mean he's running around and then comes back. I don't know. But let's just say your dog's not running back straight to you, but kind of arcing. Um, and maybe that bumper's out there, I don't know, 50 yards or something. Um, what you can do is scoot up closer to the bumper. Um Go within 10 yards. That, that dog can't run too much of a crooked line if you're 10 yards away from it. And and work your way back again. Or if it, if you're doing um, force to pile, you know, and they're getting all goofy, scoot way up, start back over, and then slowly increase back. It's This whole thing of duck dog training I've noticed, it's like a... It's How do I explain it? It's It's really simple. It, it's simple when you know and you're looking back and your hindsight's 2020. but if you look back and you do any bit of training, you may have only trained for two months and you look back and say, man, I see why I did that and how this correlates to so many other things in this whole training thing. It's like doing the same thing but just doing more advanced things with it. Hopefully that doesn't confuse anybody. I am I am known to do that sometimes, but... Anyways, um, yeah, straight lines. Those are the things you can do. Scoot way up, and that should help you out a lot. Um, another thing was, is is it possible to train an 18-month-old black lab with not much training using the Chris Aikens DV? Absolutely. Absolutely. I believe 100%, and I believe Chris would agree, and maybe this is a question I'll ask him in the next, next podcast, is... What is the oldest you can teach a dog these things? I really believe it could be up to five to six years old. And I'm not saying you couldn't even teach an eight-year-old. I'm just kind of trying to put a number on it, if you know what I'm saying. But, yes, I mean, why why could a little puppy learn and an old puppy not learn? I mean, old puppy, an older dog learn. Why couldn't they? I mean, there's no reason why they couldn't. If you establish the alpha male, it may take longer, but if you establish that you're the alpha male, I mean they're gonna listen. So, yeah, I won't get too I won't get too uh, hung up on that. So, next topic, 
lessons learned from a rookie duck dog trainer. Um, you guys have heard me say this a lot, a little bit on this podcast, a lot on the channel. And that is force fetch so far has been the hardest thing. Now I am in water tees right now, so I may change that tune later. But as of right now, um, yeah, force fetch. So I did a video starting the force fetch and what I was doing, I was doing hold with Rocky. That's the first thing you teach them first before you actually go in the force fetch. And I was mistaken because I was calling hold force fetch. That's actually not force fetch. Force fetch, it's hold. So the first thing before, you, like the beginning stages of force fetch is teaching them to hold. And like I've said before, you take a leather glove. Oh, Chris says this. Take a leather glove. That way, because when you're putting your hand in their mouth to get them to hold and teach them to not fight, not resist, not pull back, but hold for three, four, five seconds, however long, and you're telling them, good boy, good boy to hold, or good girl to hold, good girl, and you're petting them very gently on the head, on the ear, or on the chest, wherever, and then you say whatever the command is you want to let like the bird go would be, I say leave. I can't remember if I, I think I say leave because Chris said leave, but a lot of people say release, leave. Um, I don't, that's not even the ones I usually hear a lot. Uh, I can't think my mind's blank. Um, give. I, I hear give a lot, like give. And then that's the dog's command to let go. So whatever that word, the keyword you're using for your dog is, you'll say that and then pull your hand out of their mouth. And then you'll put your hand back in with the leather glove. Make sure, um, and, and guys, I, I, I highly suggest to go get Chris Aiken's DVD part one. There's three parts. Get part one. That will take you from a pup to the duck blind. But if you don't want to and you just want to take a quick peek at my channel, um, our channel, Mid Valley Mercenaries, go on YouTube, punch that in, and um, I go over that. There's a whole playlist on duck dog training. And basically all I'm doing is not really instructing. I'm just going over what Chris teaches as I'm basically talking myself through it as you guys listen. So you want to make sure you don't get their lips in there. That's one thing that's really tough on a pup is if you're doing teaching them hold, you've got the glove on, you've got your hand in their mouth, and you're holding under their jaw so they can't pull away, and you're saying hold, hold, very calmly, hold. And uh, when you do that, you want to make sure you pull those top lips. Sometimes you'll get their top lip bent under their tooth and as they're biting down they're basically biting their own lip and super uncomfortable and you're going to see them jerking their heads around so what you do is just grab over their snout and just pull up on their lips and it kind of makes sure the lips are peeled out of his teeth or the glove or whatever and then just say good boy to hold good girl to hold and you're petting them reassuring them that this is what you want and believe it or not that goes really fast once you can feel that they're not resisting you, trying to let go of your hand with the leather glove on, then you can start bringing in the bumpers and stuff like that. So uh, just a little things I wanted to clear up from the video, um, just to throw that out there for you guys. 
So let's move on to the next one. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to answer this 100% properly. And like I try to keep these guys only about 30 minutes. And we're already at about 18 right now. So we're gonna, not going to be a whole mo a lot longer. Because we'll have a part three to this. But someone asked, how did you get Rocky to start blind retrieves? Tonka won't mark a direction unless he sees the mark. So a mark is something they see. And a blind retrieve is something they don't see. So he, when they say, oh, he's running a blind, he never seen that thing originally. So this question's a little bit, the terminology is just a little off, and that's fine. I'm, we're all learning. Um, the thing is, getting Rocky to start blind retrieves is when it's a blind retrieve, you're saying the word back. B-A-C-K. That is the term that you're using to send them. And I'll tell you right now, um, part of that is building a trust with your dog that when you say the word back, that they're trusting you. They don't see it, but, well, dad, dad said so. Mom said there's something out here they sent me, so I better go and keep running a straight line until they direct me otherwise. But um, how to get them to do that? Uh that's a little bit, I would say that's, you start getting into more of the advanced a little bit there. And we have videos on that too. But, you you know, that all starts with force to pile. Because eventually you're starting with white bumpers at second base. I, I hope I don't want to confuse anybody. I don't want to get too detailed on this. But I'm trying to answer that question as simple as I can. Just basically, you got to start doing force to pile. And they're going to hear that word back, and eventually you're going to switch those white bumpers to orange bumpers, which they can't see, really. And then you're lining them up and sending them, and you're saying the word back. And eventually they're building confidence with you, like, okay, every time he sends me in this line, there's a bumper there. As long as I just keep running, eventually I'm going to see one. So your dog's got to build trust in you, and that don't happen overnight. So... Just just follow the program, guys. I'm probably butchered that. I'm just telling you from my perspective and point of view, um, one way that that what is going to help you do uh, blind retrieves. The other thing, I mean, if some, if a duck falls on the toolies and you send the dog in there, I mean, once they get on the trail of smelling it, it's just in their blood. I mean, I can't, you know, take credit for that. But Rocky's still learning a mark. I mean... I'm not going to, that's one thing though, that he wasn't really, last season, he did it on his own. It wasn't really a taught thing. It was in his nature. But to really say I ho I'm honing in now, I'm honing in those marking, well not marking, those blind retrieves. Because um, if he don't see it fall, it's a blind retrieve, guys. If he sees it fall, it's a mark. So when he don't, I've done it before where I put blind retrieves out for him and He's doing it now, so it's definitely going to be a whole nother ball game. Being his second season, he's actually going to start doing whistle commands. He does that now, so that's going to be a huge advantage because if he gets offline, I can whistle, stop him, he'll turn look at me, and then I'll give hand signal which way to go. So that's going to be super awesome. Hopefully I shouldn't even be getting out of the blind at all. <laughs> 
Hey, while we're in the middle of this and getting closer to the end, I do want to remind you guys to check out our brother podcast, Duck Gun Podcast. A lot of you guys are probably from over there, so I want to say a thank you to Jordan Frommer and Elliot from over there at Duck Gun, Duck Gun Podcast for sending any of you listeners this way. We really, really appreciate it. And for those of you that haven't heard of Duck Gun Podcast, go check them out, guys. Amazing content. They put it out every single week, I believe, on Saturday. So go check that out. And also Falfront, the Falfront Podcast. Those dude, Ben over there, Ben Page over there does a great job. He has great guests. And uh, if you love anything about Waterfowl, you will love that podcast. So go check it out. All right. Probably go into one more lesson learned from Duck Dog Training. We might call this a wrap. We'll see. But let's go. Do, do, do. All right. Um, I'm not going to answer that one, but let's see here. Okay, here's a good one. Denials. This is something I've done a little bit, but not a whole lot, but I'm definitely going to integrate it more, even for a dog his age. But... Raise your hand if you want a steady dog. And if you could see me right now, you, I, you'd see me raise my hand. I cannot stand, even before I had Rocky, before I knew anything about training, it drove me nuts to see, watch these duck hunting videos with dogs that as soon as the bird comes in and the shooting starts, they're already jumping out into the water. I, I That drives me bonkers. And besides that, just being a being annoyance. It's super, super dangerous. I mean, I hate to say this, but if you got a dog that breaks that's that from the moment you pull the trigger, um, and your dog gets shot, I hate to say, man, I don't really know how I mean, yeah, let's let's practice gun safety. Let's have awareness what's going on around us. But I mean, man, come on. Um, there may be a duck a foot or two off the water and and the guy, the hunter, your buddy, whoever it may be, may be focused on that duck, you know. And, man, to, to shoot someone's dog would be horrendous. But the fact that knowing if it was my dog, I if I did my job as a trainer, as a dog owner, to make him stay there until I send him, that's... It's uh, that's on that's on the dog trainer, man. That's that's on the owner. I mean, man. So, going to, I jumped way ahead on the picture there, but that goes all the way back to steadiness and training, and denials. So, what is what is a denial, guys? When you're throwing a bumper out, you're making them be steady, okay? And and please, 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 do not do that with your young pup. Oh. <laughs> And I'm not the only one that says this. I have heard Lone Duck Chronicles say this, how he gets people sending him Instagram messages all the time. Look at my dog. Look how steady he is. And the and the dog's eight weeks old, guys. Come on. Like, we're trying to build drive here. You know, make it fun for your pup. Do some do some hup hups and Hey, 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 get the bumper, you know, swinging and getting them bouncing back and forth. And, oh, man, I want that thing. Give it to me. Give it to me. You know, build up that drive. Don't make them sit. No, no, sit. And then throw that thing and make them wait 10 seconds when they're eight weeks old, 10 weeks old. Guys, 
I didn't I didn't steady according to Chris Aiken. I didn't steady Rocky until like literally like two or three weeks before season. Seriously, guys. Because when I say I didn't steady him, you say, man, that's ridiculous. I, you know, that's not how so-and-so does it. That's fine. Everybody does it different. But the thing is, listen, when I tell my dog to sit, and I'm talking about sit, stay. I covered this in that last podcast. Sit, stay. You don't say stay. That's redundant. You say sit. And when you tell them to sit, they are not to get up until you tell them. So that right there is training steadiness. If I say sit, and he sit, Rocky sits, and I should be able to walk off a mile away, and I've done it. You'd be surprised. I'm not saying a mile. I'm not going to exaggerate, but I've walked off a couple hundred, 300 yards away, and he didn't budge. I've walked in circles around him and, you know, jumped up and down and did everything. He ain't to move until I tell him to. So don't. That's all part of steadiness training, guys. So don't think, oh, man, I need to teach him to be steady. I don't want him to run. No, no, no. It's okay. I promise you. Get them built to that point of super amped out of their mind. Actually, someone just the other day, I had the opportunity, and I'm thankful I could help. Um, they were really bummed out, and they may be listening to this podcast right now. And um, so happy for you, man, because he was stressing out. He was like, man, my dog, he has no drive. He doesn't want to go get the bumper. When he does, he runs after it and don't pick it up, and then he just goes and chases butterflies. He was, like, stressed out to the max, and I could totally get that, right? Like, oh, great. I just bought this this dog. He's my buddy. I want to hunt with him, but my goodness, what am I going to do? He ain't going to pick nothing up and bring it back to me. (laughs) So, dude, I totally get the stress. And I said, man, we went back and forth, back and forth. Man, what is it? What is it? I'm, you know, I don't know. I, I'm going off of texting. And he finally sends me a video. And I said, dude, I know what it is. It was like a light switch went on. I said, get him pumped. I said, you need to be, grab that bumper and go, hey, 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 and swinging it back and forth and like getting excited and getting pumped up and whoa, whoa, hey, hey. And, and, and then throw it, and don't steady him. Just throw it out there, and then praise him. Good job, good boy, good boy. Yeah, here, here. You know, and you may have to keep the check cord on to make sure they come straight back. And then, and then do it again, and do it like two or th- this was. I can't remember. I think the dog was six months old. I can't remember. And and do it again, and do it again, and then and then cut it off. Leave him wanting. You know, do it two or three times, and say, okay, that's it. And, and feed off the energy of, yes, that dog is so jacked out of his mind to go get that bumper, and um, you're building up that drive. That's what you want to do. You've got to build up drive. That's one thing I would say, a lesson I've learned that I wish I would have did a little bit better, is really work on Rocky's drive. If you guys notice, a lot of you have commented in the videos, man, it takes Rocky a little bit to get going, but once he gets going, he's like a freight train. And that's probably due to his size. You know, I know that a lot of these guys have 60, 70 pound male labs. I mean, Rocky's like 115, 120 pounds, like a stinking freight train. So it does take him a little bit. He's not, I would say, as athletic like a race dog, but he hustles. I mean, he hustles for his deal. But 
one thing I wish I would have did is just build up some more drive just just to do it. I mean, I don't think a dog can have too much drive unless it gets to the point where they're sitting there whining the whole time, which you don't want, you know, because they're so jacked out of their mind. But as you see, that that's I wasn't being confusing there and going in circles. I was purposely going in circles to see you guys see the whole big picture of you want drive, don't steady your pup, get the drive built in, and I promise you, if you have control over your dog and they're obedient to you, they will be steady. I promise you guys, don't stress about that. Don't do it to impress your friends on Instagram or Facebook. Don't don't do that as a pup. I'm just lesson learned. I'm just passing that on to you. I'm not bossing you. I'm just telling you. <laughs> um because I get it. People think, man, I do not want a dog that breaks like that. Man, that's that's a good desire. And I agree with you. I'm 100% with you. So um, doing denials, back to denials, those are another things that will cause steadiness. Because what you'll do is you'll throw a bumper out. Sit, sit. He's wanting to go get it, but you're, you're now you are teaching steadiness. And then do this. Don't let him go get it. Go grab it. Come right back. Make him sit there. Go grab it. Grab the bumper. Come back. And then maybe reposition, do heel, 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 heel. You're walking around, stop again, then throw the bumper again, and this time send them. And what you're doing two things there. Not only are you teaching the dog steadiness, and every time that bumper stone doesn't mean I get to go chase it, but you're also teaching them to, to have that drive because there's one and more now. Man, I didn't get to get it last time. I really want to get it this time. So you're, it's like a two-edged sword. So we hit the 32-minute mark. Um, I almost feel like I was rambling, but I wasn't because those are all, all – that last 10 minutes was all in conjunction. Those things all feed off each other. So those are things – oh, man, I get bombarded on my messages on Instagram and Facebook about those things. So I wish I could get all those people to listen to this podcast <laughs> so I don't have to – try to message so many people, but I'm glad to help anytime I can glad to help. And if you guys have any questions, feel free to email me at midvalleymercenaries at gmail.com. Guys, I will help you out as much as I can and um, do what I can. And like, I'm not saying I'm going to have all the answers for everybody, but um, yeah, do my best. I almost think I should go over this last one real quick. I'm going to do it. It's not 33 minutes, but I'm going to do it. Overplaying fetch. I've seen this so many times. Oh, man. I was, I was playing fetch. I was playing it. It was having fun. Unlike the fourth the fourth bumper I threw, that they didn't want to go get it. I'm like... Hmm, thinking, man, that's weird. You know, my they're calling my dog, and then all of a sudden, they send a picture, and the dog's eight weeks old. I'm like, oh, I've watched the Chris Aiken DVD. Yeah, right. Chris goes over it so many times in there. Don't do that. Leave him wanting. Leave him wanting. Leave him wanting. Purposely repeating that so it sticks in our brains. Dude, guys, you don't need to do it twice two or three tosses 
and then do another two or three tosses four hours later, then do another three, two or three tosses an hour, three hours later. Once a day, guys. When the time they're seven weeks, all the way up to like four months, three months, I, I don't know. I'm just throwing a number out there. But, guys, don't worry. Don't worry about that. That's the first thing. We get a lab, right? We see them like, man, I want to play fetch with them. Of course, I get that. Trust me, when they get just a little bit older, you can do that to your heart's content until your dog's done running. So you will have plenty of opportunity to do that. Just just don't don't wear them out just over playing fetch because then people are like, oh, my goodness, my dog won't retrieve anymore. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, he's 10, month, 10 weeks old. Well, yeah, he's like a little two-year-old that's distracted. They can, oh, it's super fun. Squirrel, you know? <laughs> So don't stress out, don't panic, guys. Your your dog will get the bumpers. If you don't if the dog is not excited about it when they get older, do like I was saying and hup, hup, hey, 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 get it, get it, get it. You know, get them all pumped and boom, you're good to go. So, anyways, guys, though I stayed on just about two or three topics this whole time. Very, very important ones. And I think the reason I stayed on those so long is because those are literally the things I get messaged every day. So they're burned in my brain. So hopefully that helps you guys out. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. All Mid-Valley Mercenaries across the board on all three of those platforms. And if you could do us a favor and give us a five-star uh, rating and then write a review. You don't have to write nothing special. Just say, hey, super sick, man, super sick podcast or whatever you want to say. <laughs> we just really appreciate it. And what it, what that does, the reason we do ask you to do that, what that does is it actually pushes out the content and suggests it under other people's stuff. So anyways, appreciate you guys for joining in and hope this helped you out. If it did, let me know. If I rambled too much, let me know. <laughs> and if you got any questions, email me at, email me at midvalleymercenaries at gmail.com. And guys, we are going to see you on the next one, right, Violet? Tell everybody, tell everybody bye. Get up in the microphone and say goodbye.